welcome to the season finale of Husky Talk. Our guest today was born and raised in Alaska. She has been mushing since the age of five. She has twice mushed 700 miles along the Iditarod Trail in honor of her mother. In 2021, she ran a 200-mile race along the Denali Highway. And this past year, she completed the 300-mile Copper Basin Sled Dog Race. She is the daughter of a, of, of four-time Iditarod champion, Susan Butcher. Please welcome to the show, Tekla Butcher Monson. Hello, Tekla, and welcome to the show. Hi, I'm happy to be here. With this being the 50th anniversary of the Iditarod, we are going to start off with a little Iditarod trivia. We have five questions for you. Are you ready? I am ready. First question, who founded the Iditarod? Joe Reddington Sr. Correct. Second question, who won the very first Iditarod? Uh, Dick Massey. Good. No, Wait, no. no. incorrect. Incorrect. Um, let me see. Uh, LaVon Bard? No. No, it was Dick Wilmer. Oh, Dick Wilmer. Sorry. Okay. Third question, who was the first female Iditarod champion? Libby Riddles. Fourth question, what was the closest finish? Um, that was Dick Mackey and some other guy by one second or six seconds or a, a, a dog nose. Yeah. Correct. Tell him who he beat. Uh, he beat Rick Swenson. Yes. Fifth question, who was the oldest person to ever finish the idea ride? I think that was also Dick Mackey. Incorrect. <laughs> Incorrect. Okay, let's see. Um, I don't know. It was Norman Vaughn. Oh, how old was he? 84. Okay. You got three out of five correct. All right, that's okay. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Tekla butcher Monson. I have been uh, running dogs since I was about five years old. I was given a little baby sled on my uh, fifth birthday, and I used some of our retired dogs to uh, pull me around, and eventually I was able to graduate to a two-dog team and a three-dog team, and then eventually start running my own uh, sled as a uh, young adult. Uh, my mom was Susan Butcher, the second woman to win the Iditarod, and she won it in 1986, 87, 88, and 90. Um, and she was sort of an icon to people in the lower 48 and brought a lot of uh, attention to the Iditarod through the 80s and 90s. Um, I grew up, you know, learning how to mush I and living sort of the dog musher's daughter lifestyle. I grew up at our homestead about 150 miles northwest of Fairbanks. And then eventually when it was time to go to school, I moved to Fairbanks. And we still had, you know, somewhere between 30 and 50 dogs. And I grew up taking care of them and uh, doing education with the sled dogs in the summertime through tourism. And today I am now the general manager of our kennel. I'm racing our um, 35 Alaskan Huskies in qualifying races so that someday, um, hopefully 2026, I'll be able to run my rookie I did rod. You grew up around dog mushing. When did you realize you loved your love for mushing? 
um, very recently, you know, when you grow up around mushing, it's a little bit, you take it a little bit for granted, so you don't realize the, uh, the beauty and the majesty of it. All you can think about is the chores associated with it, because as a dog musher, you have to haul a lot of five-gallon buckets full of dog food. You have to scoop a lot of poop, um, and it's just a lot of work. So it wasn't until recently that I realized what a cool and unique um, uh, activity this is, um, just because I was so, you know, it was so normal for me. Um, but definitely as a kid, you know, the joy of pups being born in the spring and then starting to train them in the fall and winter, um, that's always been pretty magical and pretty awesome uh, part of the mushing lifestyle. Cool. Your mother was a four-time Adirondack champion and is an inspiration to so many. Talk to us a little about your mom and what she was like. Um, so she was very determined um, and very passionate, which is something she passed on to me. Um, she never, uh, people, when she was growing up, people didn't really think that she could, you know, uh, do what she loved, which was being outdoors and being with um, animals. Um, but she always knew that's what she wanted to do. So in her early 20s, when she moved up to Alaska, she found a place where she could really thrive. And her goal in mushing dogs was just to live her passion and live her dream every single day. And uh, she wanted to be the best musher out there. She didn't want to be uh, the best female musher. She just wanted to be the best at the thing that she loved. And I think that's why people um, were so drawn to her is because of her uh, obvious passion for the activity she was doing. And uh, she definitely passed that on to me. She said, oh, you don't have to be a musher, but whatever you love to do, you follow that and you uh, follow your dreams and sort of chase your passions. And that's really exemplified in the sled dogs every single day. I mean, these Alaskan Huskies were bred to pull sleds, and it's what they love. It is so innate in their body. And when you get a harness out and they start barking, like that enthusiasm is infectious. And I think that's why... Uh, for my mom and so many other dog mushers, they're able to keep that passion alive every single day because they're sharing it with their dogs. When you were a kid, did you realize how big of a deal your mom was? Um, I realized it when, you know, people would approach me in the grocery store or approach her and say thank you. I think it wasn't until recently when I had to take on the mantle of, um, uh, you know, keeping her legacy alive that I realized how much she had touched people's, you know, hearts and inspired them in their lives. In 2006 and 2012, you mushed 700 miles of the Iditarod Trail in honor of your mom. Can you tell us about these experiences? Absolutely. So when I was 11 um, in 2006, that was the year after my mom had passed away, and this was sort of a... Um, a memorial trip to her uh, legacy on the Iditarod. So I had my own team of eight dogs, and it was the first time I had really gone for a mushing trip or a mushing camping trip that lasted more than a night. It took us 12 days, and we traveled from our homestead of um, Eureka, Alaska, all the way to Nome, following um, that historic trail. And I was able to be alongside the mushers and have that experience in checkpoints, but a little bit more luxurious. You know, we stopped and we slept every single night uh, through and were able to visit with all the folks in the villages. And that was probably the first time I realized what a big deal my mom was and how inspiring she had been 
to people across the state of Alaska um, because everyone has such amazing stories to tell and the hospitality that we got in the checkpoints was just um, so amazing. And it was just such a beautiful way to see our state um, traveling via dog team at a casual pace. Um, but it was also really difficult for me because I had grown up um, you know, with my parents laughing and joking and telling these stories about how uh, they had been in these difficult situations that had been 50 below and they had, you know, survived and laughed about it later. It had been hard. So I just assumed everything was like a little bit easier because they were so tough. And I remember our first night we were camping on the Tanma River and it was 50 below and I was just freezing, freezing cold. And the only way I like, you know, was able to stay warm enough throughout the night is because uh, my dad kept feeding me salmon strips in through my little hole in my rust. And um, I looked up at him out of my rust that night and I was like, I'm so sorry, dad. I'm really just such a wimp. And like, I like kind of peek out and he's actually shivering too. And like his uh, teeth are chattering. He's like, don't worry, Tecla, it's really freaking cold out here. And uh, that was a really nice realization that like, even though they seem so tough, like in telling stories, you know, everybody's cold at 50 below. And the joy of it was that like the next day we continued on and we got to a village and we were able to go inside and dry off our boots. And uh, it's just that sort of like, you know, co that communal effort of getting through something really difficult with your dogs and with a team of other folks that is so bonding and uh, it, it's a real feeling of achievement the next day. So I can see why it was addictive for my parents. We read an article in which you said you remember your mom saying, don't follow my dream, follow your own dream. What is your dream? Um, my dream is uh, telling stories and hospitality and throwing events. So actually, I'm really happy working in the tourism sector because I love the lifestyle of dog mushing, and I want to be able to pass on those feelings of, you know, shared, shared uh, you know, shared experiences and, you, you know, the feeling of coming into a cabin after a really tough blizzard and just all sharing a meal together. That's really what is so fun for me. So um, inviting people to our home, telling them about dog mushing, bringing them into that lifestyle and, you know, sharing a meal with them, that is really, really fun for um, them. I also studied theater in college, so um, I have... Uh, ambitions of uh, doing more of that, maybe directing and um, writing stories about dog mushing. And then, of course, chasing my passions of what I studied for, which is set and costume design for theater. You now run Trailbreaker Kennel. Are you running, at, running races? I am. This past winter, I ran the 300-mile Copper Basin. It's sort of the first race that kicks off the season here in Alaska. Um, it's 300 miles around Glen Allen and n notoriously very, very difficult. When I started the race this winter, um, there it was 55 below zero at the starting line, so very, very cold. Uh, but me and my dog team finished the race, and uh, it was an awesome experience. This winter I'm planning to run um, more races, but they will be much shorter and more casual because I will be training up um, my one-year olds and two-year-olds um, that I hope to race with in the Iditarod in 2026. Oh.
do you think someday you will run the Iditarod? I do. I Well, it kind of depends. I Right now my goal is to run it in 2026, but I also have ambitions of um, putting on a race of my own. Um, I'd like to do a, uh, a mid-distance race around Fairbanks and Eureka area as a memorial event for my mom. Um, and that blends my love of the mushing lifestyle and also of hospitality, hospitality and event planning. Um, so I'm hoping to do that uh, in the next couple of years and start that up. So if it takes over my life, maybe I did or I'll have to take a back seat. But for now, I'm pushing for 2026. What is the most important thing you've learned from your mom? Uh, uh, this is cheesy, but uh, do what you love, love what you do, believe in yourself, and others will too. You know, <laughs> she got so much uh, flack for, uh, you know, it was just really tough being a woman and succeeding so much at that time, but she believed in herself and now look at her legacy. Everybody is so impressed by her passion, her determination, and what she achieved out on the trail. Um, so as long as it's something you love and it's not hurting other people and you believe in yourself, others will come around to your passion, your way of thinking. Our final segment of the show is a segment we are bringing back from our first season. It is called Mushroom Mount Rushmore. If you had to replace the four presidents on Mount Rushmore with four faces of the Iditarod, who would they be? You can pick anyone that has anything to do with the Iditarod. Before you start, we would like you to know that many of our guests have put your mom on their Mount Rushmore. That's awesome. Um, that is a really fun and awesome question. I feel like we should collaborate with um, the Alaska ice carving uh, community in the winter time that comes to Fairbanks and maybe make uh, I did a Mount Rushmore out of the people that uh, come up the most often. Um, so my answer would be Joe Sr., Susan Butcher, oh, jeepers. Um, um, uh, uh, <laughs> this is really hard. Um, I'd like to do like a volunteer maybe, or a, uh, a race organizer like Joanne Potts. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, I guess Dallas. Yeah, I think that's what I do, Dallas TV. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. We will be following your journey. Thank you so much. Uh, continue studying the Iditarod, and I'm so happy you're doing this podcast. Special thanks to Tecla Voucher Monson for being on our show today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or people you would like to hear on our show, please email us at huskytalk1 at gmail.com. If we hear from you or you leave a review, we will read it on the show. We would like to also give credit to Hobo Jim for our intro song, the Iditarod Trail song, and our album. Here's to in the land of the midnight sun. They call this race the Iditarod Trail. To me, it's Reddington's Run. In my heart, it's Reddington's Run. From the 
city lights of Anchorage to the finish line and know you never find a village that he couldn't call his home. And no matter how hard the going got, he was never afraid to run. Where another man would just give it in, Joe had just begun. Here's to Joe and it's off we go in the land of the midnight sun. Call this race the Iditarod Trail To me it's Reddington's Run In my heart it's Reddington's Run Now a cold wind blows And everybody knows it'll never be the same Every musher cried on the night you died And every husky howled your name Here's to Joe and it's off we go In the land of the midnight sun They call this race the Iditarod Trail To me it's Reddington's Run In my heart it's Reddington's Run Hey, here's to Joe and it's off we go In the land of the midnight sun They call this race the Iditarod Trail To me it's Reddington's Run May it always be Reddington's Run 